Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Trey Wallace of Outkick.com will join us in about 20 minutes. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Tomorrow, NFL Draft will be out in the Beer Garden here at 6th and Peabody getting you ready for the first overall pick. And the headlines swarming now uh, across the league. And as predicted, this happens every year. Some of this will come to fruition tomorrow night. Other is simply speculation and a false narrative that's been put out there by other teams, uh, maybe a, an agent, maybe just uh, a network looking to create some buzz and a storyline. But we're, we'll do our best here to sift through some of the headlines of today and determine based on our opinion, if we're buying into this or if we're selling this as fiction. Uh, The first being that the saints are trading up for a quarterback tomorrow night. And specifically the reports are, if they trade up, they're being very aggressive for Kenny Pickett. You guys buy that? I'm going to go fiction on this one. I think if Sean Payton were still with the saints and Sean Payton hand selected and loved one of these quarterbacks, it would be more a fact um, I think they're going to sit where they are and draft offensive tackle. I don't think they're going to reach and try to trade up for one of these quarterbacks. Well, so mind, I'm going to say fiction. They have two picks. So they can still get another position and still move up. Yeah, I don't think they're drafting quarterback in the first yeah, round. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're not getting one of the top three offensive tackles, I don't think, there. But I don't think they're trading up for, for a quarterback. I, I think, think they're they going to draft Charles Cross. For, I think they may have to trade up to get Charles Cross. Yeah, there's talk that Cross is going fifth to the Giants because Evan Neal has been flagged for medical concerns. And for the first time, I, I, I don't recall ever seeing this before, Paul, but the report about Evan Neal came with an undisclosed injury as to not um, further hurt the draft stock of Evan Neal. So they, that's how it was like laid out. There was like, we're not going to name the person you know, for, for fear of backlash or whatever. It was like, we're not going to name the injury, but two teams have removed Neil from their draft board. And I, it was almost like, if we give this away, the teams or the source will be given away in this report. You know, I, I'd never seen it that way, which leads me to think it's false. Yeah, uh, that Evan Neal is, has been flagged that. for... Uh, the only thing I've seen throughout this entire process with Evan Neal are his workout videos. So if it's if it is a medical concern, it's like a you know a, a health issue, a, 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 a true health a, issue, a, a, yeah, a injury issue, right, right. And to me, that would be a much bigger storyline right now than what it is. Yeah, also much more likely to be a smokescreen. Sounds to me like oh, he's got an undisclosed health issue that we discovered, but to, uh, to yeah. and, and another team discovered, but thirty other teams didn't find. Well, barring, I think if you trust your medical people, you're saying, listen, we do very thorough medicals 
So, we didn't find anything. We're completely comfortable. Barring some, you know, congenital illness or something with him that we don't know about, I think he's the best tackle in the draft. So it was it was and Chad, you you may be right. I mean, the the athleticism is through the roof there. Um it was Walter Football, uh, which is a, a popular draft site. WalterFootball.com has learned from team sources that some teams have medically flunked Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal. The exact nature and concern of the medical issue was revealed to Walter Football, but out of respect for Neal's privacy and to maintain the team's discretion, we won't disclose the details. Like if that is, that to me is complete BS. Do you guys have something where your mind goes when you like hear fish. that? And you read that right away? Heart. That's the one word I would say, yeah, too. But if that's the case... That we've seen a lot in recent years. If that's the case, Walter Football's not breaking the story. And they're not... They're dis- if they are, they're disclosing this well, because it's, it's legit. It's also... We can get into the journalism am I, of that. Am I wrong? I don't, well, I don't, that, I don't know that Walter... somewhere that you'd want to have a second source for sure. I don't know that Walter Football should be presenting news in that way if they're not willing to say what it is. Hey, let me go well, ahead and drop this bomb. But they threw this in there. Well, I think they should like say him. less. But they threw this in there. I These, think you should say less. He's off the board of two teams. This is from the report. These yeah. medical Period. exams are subjective, however. Yeah, I think they're saying too much. You either go all the way and tell us what it is, or you say, we know he's off two teams' boards for medical reasons, and leave it at that, right? Am I well, wrong? What a time we're in. That's what I would say. So, medicine so, is now subjective. I'm going to read. Uh, <laughs> the science of medicine is now subjective for the teams. So, while Neil was flunked by some, sources from other teams shared their organizations had given him a passing grade. <laughs> Again, I like, mean, well, of course. I mean, that, I like I, Walter Football. It's side I go to. No, I, I, I hate that. Very report. strange. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking this is the Giants. That, you know, all the reports are the Giants want Charles Cross. And they're going to pass on Evan Neal because Aquanu is going to your Houston. Your pregnancy report. And you're, t- you're <laughs> thinking they actually want Neal? You're, uh, you're not uh, Either they actually want Neal or they're, they're going ahead and justifying. They're just floating this out there. But again, justify if cross. you're floating this out there, and I mean no disrespect to WalterFootball.com, you're not floating this out there through them, right? Like I, You go bigger. Yeah. I mean, if it's a true health concern... Well, Walter that, Football's got some... A, you're, comfortable burning, you're comfortable burning Walter Football with this, though. You don't want to burn Rappaport or somebody. I guess. And I, again, I, I don't mean any disrespect to them, because I go to their site I for info. I do, too. I like but their site. I, I'm, I just... It's very sloppy. When, when I yeah, see but it's good other, info, other sites typically. are citing them now, which is getting the job done. I mean, they've done their job on that part. But yes. there's really no meat on the bone there other than, oh, Evan Neal's sliding. Well... Are you reading a mock draft and just asking why Evan Neal is like lower in the top ten instead of top five? Um, I'm not buying it. Yeah, I, I, and as I said, you would either really flesh it out and say everything, or just say we've learned it's, he's off two boards for medical reasons. Period. It, it's one of those things that he made it. They made it worse. Yes. They're trying to protect the guy. <laughs> but they made it worse. And they made it worse by not just saying what if it's a, a heart issue. Say it. If it's something else. Say it, because now the imagination runs wild as to what it could be. Yeah, maybe it's just like you know, a jammed thumb on yeah. his left hand on his punch hand at left tackle. Very strange. Out of respect for the young man, we're not going to talk about his thumb injury. I mean, what the world is that? I mean, it, it, immediately we, we had a place where our mind went. I have no idea if that's the case or not. Right. But think about the people who are going far worse well, ain't with thumb, what it could be. Because 30 teams aren't missing a thumb. Yeah. 
Uh, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy G, or Debo Samuel will be traded tomorrow. Fact or fiction? Fact. I think two of the three will be traded. I think at least one. I don't for think, sure one. I, I I'm leaning towards two will be traded. I think if one Samuel, otherwise I agree. None tomorrow. If it's tomorrow, it's Debo Samuel because that's that's the immediate reward. San of Francisco want to get get the replacement. What if, if you're uh, a team with one of the with two first round picks? Do you use one on Debo Samuel? What if later one? If you, can, yes. if you can make it happen, but I, I don't would. think San Francisco will do it. Again, depending on the team and the situation you're in, but what if a quarterback needy team could get both? Uh, it's far-fetched, but you got two guys there that they're trying to get rid of, possibly. We don't know what Debo said. We know with Jimmy Garoppolo they want to get rid of him. Yeah, but I don't know that we've ever seen a deal like that in recent years. I, think Garoppolo, I don't think Garoppolo could happen because Gar- you're not dealing for well, him before kind of a you see his shoulder. His shoulder issue, and then like he's also twenty four million this year with Debo. You can you're, you're it's a you're trading for him, and then you're extending him long term, and you can make the money work this year. I don't know. I think if you're, you're doing, trading if you're trading for Jimmy G, you would have done it already because you need to make the money work structurally within the cap this year, and you would want to extend him in order to get the cap benefit this year. I also think you're doing it almost as a favor to the 49ers to take on yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo in hopes that maybe it lessens the price for Debo Samuel. That that would but, be the package deal. But I, I don't know if it's a steep price for Debo Samuel. Like it, it's not. That's why you're, you're going to be the one paying him. You're the one paying. You're you're paying the price, yes. But I don't think you're giving up what you had to give up to go get Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill. Like I don't think it's nearly that type of price tag. Um, I am intrigued though. If you have two first round picks, if you're willing to offer one of them for him, that's why I'm not dealing for him. I'm not getting yeah. enough in return. Well, I mean, he had an out. He had 1,400 yards receiving last year. I know, but I, if I'm the 49ers, I don't think people oh, you're, are giving you're me not getting back. Enough in return. I, I'm the 49ers. I'm not getting enough in return for him. Baker, over the weekend, you think he's traded or? Monday. See, I, uh, or Sunday. I, I lean more towards I, after the draft. I, 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 think it's, get dealt. I think it's Friday. Because if you're trading him, your picks are going to be either swapped or like – you're either moving up 10 spots and you're swapping third, fourth round picks. I think there's, there's a reason why if you're trading Baker Mayfield, you want it to be this weekend if you're the Browns. Even if it's just a, you're moving up seven spots or whatever it might be, Paul. Yeah, you might, you might be right. Because the Browns are going to have to pay part of his money in order to make it work. Not until then after the last of the quarterbacks up to like Howell is off the board. How many, how many quarterbacks are you guys seeing off the board as we begin Friday's show? I've got three, three in my mock draft coming off the board, but I've got a surprise third in Matt Corral. Matt Corral. Being the one ahead of Desmond many, I've seen many people have Corral at the bottom of the first round. I, I think pick. if Corral's drafted four quarterbacks are in the first round. I do too. I think Ritter's will go in the bottom half of the – 20. I think the most likely scenario, again, I'm, I'm taking a reach on Corral being the third. Um, the most likely scenario is either Pickett or Willis yep. goes one, the other one goes second, Desmond Ritter goes 20 to Pittsburgh, and then Corral. 
Corral or, or Howell, another quarterback goes 32 to Detroit. That would be, to me, or the to four quarterback scenario. Detroit. Detroit is praying that Ritter remains on the board at 32 because then you have, you're open to the highest bidder there. Um, I don't know what the price tag – the price tag is going to be steep to trade at 32 anyway to get the fifth-year option. But to me, there's a drop-off if, if you're bargaining for Matt Corral or if you have Corral and Ritter and the team has a chance to jump up and guarantee one of the two. Or just the one team that loves Matt Corral. If he's the one that's or, loved, or that. you're going to get a or, hefty sum in return for I that. Mean, ah, man, if Ritter's there at 32, that would be extremely tough for me to pass on if I'm Detroit. Because the economically, it makes sense yep. to draft your quarterback in the first round and build around a guy that you you, you take a flyer on because you have two first round picks. And that, the issue, that's a the huge issue with Ritter supplement. to me, though, is then they're in position for Bryce Young next year. Every intangible is well, great with Ritter. Great. I mean, if they pass, if they trade the pick, they're in position for Bryce Young next year. Yeah. Either way, they're in position well, for Bryce Young next year if so they you want need them both. Him. I'm saying, it uh, to me, the risk-reward at 32, um, Detroit should be one of the teams, if they didn't have the 32nd pick, wanting to trade up and try to go after a guy. If I'm the new GM in, in charge, if, if I'm... I know Goff's not him. I know he's not the guy. Um, financially, I, I want to ensure that I've got a young quarterback with a fifth-year option if I hit on him and not just bank on the fact that, oh, we're going to suck again. And I'm a year away from losing my job. Like I, I would want to. If this is me speaking with two first round picks, I the, want to ensure that I'm at least giving my franchise some hope. And the hope is at the quarterback position. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about Ritter, so quickly on him. Um, I'm worried about some of the accuracy issues. I'm worried because every intangible is perfect with this guy. Everything you hear about him, smart, great leader. Uh, he's got yeah. the athleticism to make some things happen with his feet. But the accuracy, even on easy things and workouts at times, were an issue. And everyone points to Josh Allen. And I read a piece, and I, I wish I remember where I read it, but that Josh Allen's accuracy being corrected is a bit of a myth. That his accuracy really took a huge leap when Diggs got there. Yeah, I read that. Athletic. I think the athletic had that piece, right? That yes. with a guy that open, yeah. you can be a little bit less accurate and suddenly your numbers are going to look a lot better. So it was a combination of offense and digs that really helped his quote accuracy issues uh, that he had at Wyoming. He's gotten more accurate, but not to the level that people believe in terms of the jump he's made. So if you buy, you just you're not going to improve accuracy, or it's very rare to I do buy it. That. Then I'm I'm worried about Ritter for that Detroit, reason. Detroit, by the way, has 32 comes back at 34 in the second round. Right. So uh, you know, e even if uh, they're going to have high picks throughout. I mean, yeah. If 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 you love a quarterback, there you, you can take him. If uh, you don't, you, you don't take pass the one on with the fifth year option, right? You know, and you wait on you your player pass. and hope Jacksonville doesn't take your guy at 33, and then you get your other good player at 34. Here's the name that scares me in relation to Desmond Ritter, Jake Locker. Yes. The, it, Every the, intangible coming out, good athlete, accuracy issues. The one guy that, did, that had bigger, accuracy bigger issues too. that improved was Josh Allen. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I was just talking about. But he was the one that, the piece that I read, the accuracy improvement was a bit overrated because Diggs, Diggs makes everyone more accurate because he's more open than other guys. 
Well, get get ready for Ritter. If if Ritter is drafted by Pittsburgh, or if Malik Willis is drafted by Pittsburgh, it's a great pick because of who's endorsing them. But if you know Carolina or Atlanta reaches for one of them early, doesn't mean so much. It's you know, it's going to be. I won't say mocked. It it will be an it's a necessary choice for for organizations that feel like they have to take a swing, and if they miss, so be it. But it's not going to be viewed the same way. Well, Kevin Colbert, oh, he's setting them up. It will be the Lamar Jackson draft for Pittsburgh with Ozzie Newsom setting up Baltimore on his final draft. Meanwhile, if it's Carolina, it's, oh, you know, this is, this is ownership demanding that they get the franchise guy. It could also be because they feel like he's their quarterback. Well, I think it, it, this year serves to amplify a, a typical thing where, you know, the quarterbacks aren't great this year at this stage mm-hmm. anyway. And so right. more so than ever, if a guy lasts and gets drafted by a good team, he's in a much more favorable circumstance. And Pittsburgh, you know, wasn't great last year, but went to the playoffs. And, and Carolina's a mess. And Atlanta's, you know, got good leadership now, but has no talent. And so he's going into completely different situations there. So, yes, on what you're saying, obviously the Tomlin and, uh, and, the and blessing. Colbert blessing – means a lot, but also Pittsburgh's got a hell of a lot more talent. Pittsburgh's going to win some games on defense, and Carolina, what's Carolina got? And Atlanta really has, you know, nothing. Um, so he's going into a much worse situation, and he's not – none of these quarterbacks are like guys who automatically make that team better on the first day. One of them's not expected to play. But, I mean, you could argue that Pittsburgh wouldn't be starting them either. Pittsburgh's probably not starting well, it Willis. It would be the same situation yeah. in Atlanta. Pittsburgh's probably not starting Willis. Uh, I, I don't think anybody's starting Willis. Oh, Carolina could. Day. Carolina could. Carolina could out of absolute desperation. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Pittsburgh, I think, is certainly starting Trubisky on opening day. Uh, this from Armando Salguero, who spoke to Jamison Williams, uh, a topic we just had in the previous hour about injury, risk versus reward. He told uh, Armando, Jamison Williams did, that he – he was last timed, he's running, by the way, 15 weeks after ACL surgery, and recently, as or, uh, 13 weeks after surgery, timed at 4-4. It's true, <laughs> is the quote. It's coming back, it's coming back. It's only 13 weeks post-surgery, though, so wait till we get to full speed. It's going to be real scary. That's what Jamison Williams told Armando Salguero. Perfect timing for him. It's brilliant to get that out, that he's running not just fast, but really fast. And he did not run, of course, at the, the Bama Combine, uh, the Pro Day, excuse me. Well, that's superhuman, that uh, recovery from Jameis Williams if he's running a 4-4 13 weeks from ACL surgery. And then you have, uh, he said, you're not going to second-guess uh, playing in the game. He was like, look, it's the national championship. You're not going to second-guess that. He was, it's an obvious question to ask, though, because he went down and he's a – I mean, I, I would say he's a top-five pick. If he's completely healthy, I don't. I don't think we're going to see a day. I really don't. Where a guy sits out national. No, 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 no. In in favor of protecting his drafts. And statute. if they do, it would be a huge red flag for me. <laughs> yeah, it's going. To Sorry hurt to it. sound like the old guy. It's going again, to hurt his draft stature. Give me a break. No, I agree if, with the title on the line. I mean, that's why you go to Bama. That that's the number one question <laughs> every GM titles. should ask him. Yeah. Oh, you think? To, uh, well, I mean, I'm trying to think of the players who would have set out this year. I can't. I can't think of one. 
I nearly said Thibodeau, but I think even Kayvon Thibodeau would, would have played in the national title game. Now, I just, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of guys that were even you know there that are going to be high draft picks. Trayvon Walker? Yeah. If he knew he was going to be a number one pick and his role was already limited, you know, could sit out. But it's that's, a huge resume notch, like yeah, in your entire football resume. If you're in the playoff, you play. Like that, it's not hurting you if you opt out pre I mean, pre playoff. But can you imagine though, just the what ifs that there, there any will, competitor would live with if they opted out of a playoff or national championship game and watch their team lose, oh. and then watch their draft stock fall if that happened. It'd be great fodder for us. I'd love it because it would be a deterrent from everyone, anyone I, doing it ever again. I know. I know this sounds crazy. If he opt, like if he's if he's fully healthy, it depends on the position. Let's say that. But if you have someone of the stature of Burrow who would never opt out of a title game, if you have or, or, or Trevor Lawrence, the the surefire no brainer first overall pick. At worst, that dude's going second or third overall for opting out. Yeah, he's At losing worst. his team the, the championship. Well, he's losing the. T- but I'm saying like he's not. He he's undraftable by one, but someone else is taking advantage of that and draft them extremely high. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, they're, the team would still invest. Well, oh, I think, if, yeah. if someone's going to actually come back and say now, hey, because of Jamison Williams, I'm opting out of this national championship game or this playoff, I hope that player falls so far from the draft that the next person who thinks about it says, I'm playing because this guy right. pulled that move yeah, one, and he fell yeah, to the, the perception, second round. The perception would be detrimental. Yeah. But the overall That's talent, why I don't think if you're that talented to, set, to step away from that magnitude of a game and still feel like you're exactly where you were in the draft, that guy's still a top five pick. Because you have to have some cachet behind it in order to do it. Mike, I'm all for collusion if that happens. Mike Florio will push for it. <laughs> Knock him Mike out of the first Florio wants uh, everybody to sit out so much so that there'll be no bowl games because there'll be no players available. We'll ask uh, Trey Wallace about the SEC players in this draft. Plus... Uh, from Outkick.com. Did you guys see the story oh, out of Kansas? I've, I've been all over. The community college it with the paint nuts. thinner. Certifiably paint thinner. insane, the story. Paint thinner in the Gatorade water bottle oh. at a uh, baseball game out in Kansas. You'd rather we'll, have that or st- be we'll, stuck in a toilet? We'll explain the sabotage and the investigation the police reports involved. That from Trey Wallace next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. The Titans have picked up the fifth-year option on Jeffrey Simmons, file that in the no-brainer category, uh, and simply just paperwork this time of year. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Trey Wallace with us from Outkick.com. And I'll, I'll read the updated story from Outkick.com. And Trey... Pipe in here and just tell me what's going on. Tell our listeners what's going on. According to records obtained by OutKick, Lindsborg police are investigating substances found in water cooler of Kansas Wesleyan baseball team. Potential charges are battery, criminal threat, and criminal damage to property. And the accusations are that paint thinner 
was put into Kansas Wesleyan's baseball team Gatorade jug uh, maliciously by the home team. I, I, am I reading this right? So you actually are. And the home team was Bethany College. Uh, the visiting team for the double header was Kansas Wesleyan College, both NAIA schools. And yeah, you're reading it. It was crazy enough. I called around yesterday and I was looking for comment from some of the university officials on this. Uh, they did file a police report. Uh, the interesting part about it all, too, was that Bethany College, the one that they're saying tampered with uh, the water cooler and put a substance in it, uh, was also a victim. Uh, they said that they're, I think they're trying to get across that. We didn't do it. It was somebody else that tampered with it. So let's act like we're a victim too. This is this was crazy. I mean, when I first got wind of this thing and I saw, you know, the picture and then I started digging into it, I was like, okay, you know, I, I get like you're going up to the cooler and you're getting your sip of water because you think there's water in it. That's fine. And after a couple guys go through it, it's like, okay. This doesn't taste right. And let's open it up and see what's in there. And then all of a sudden there's some weird substance in there that uh, is alleged to be paint thinner. Um, so that's why there are so many victims in this as well. There are actually, uh, if, if, if counting in total Bethany College, which whatever, I really, I don't know if I count that or not. There's a total of eight victims in this. So that tells me that there was probably seven players that drank the substance so those are the ones in the complaint oh. so this is this is just crazy and it's like you know they, they they talked about it as well that you know the home team takes care of all the you know the water jugs and make sure everything's good to go for when a team gets in town and whatnot and it's just why do something like that first off even if it was a joke uh you now have a potential charge of battery against you because there's three charges on there there's uh criminal property damage there's battery and then there's criminal threat uh with the contaminant so this is you know we've seen some wild things in college baseball college basketball football over the years playing pranks on each other and jokes this one is kind of up there of craziness yeah i can't tell if it's something truly malicious or just an act of total stupidity Someone thought, boy, this can be a really funny prank, not knowing, well, I'm actually poisoning people and could harm them and send them to the hospital, not knowing paint thinner was going to be that bad for them. It's, it's a very strange story. I'm interested to see where your reporting goes with this, Trey, and, and you can check it all out at outkick.com. But I want to get to the college story of the day. Mark Emmert is out, uh, retiring as NCAA president. And, Trey, the response we've gotten from leaders in college sports is, let's not start talking about who's going to replace Mark Emmert Let's talk about what the job is now of the NCAA before we do anything else. Do you think that's the right approach? Yeah, I, I, I do. And I think it's – I talked to a couple um, of head football coaches, to the Power Five head football coaches today, um, and you look at the way that it's kind of gone down with Mark Emmerich. And, and look, a lot of these coaches are like, okay – let us know the rules. We'll deal with them as we go. You know, not try to get politically involved and in all this type of stuff for the NCAA, but they do understand a problem. And speaking with one university official, you know, it, it was more or less like this guy signed an extension, you know, last year around this time, this week, actually, last year. 
And the way everything has gone with the NCAA since that date has just all been downhill. And if you're ushering in a new era, let's just say, a new era of college athletics, you don't want to do it with the guy that's been holding everything back to begin with, in my opinion. Even though there's a board, an NCAA board, and I understand that, Mark Emmert has not done himself any favors with the way he's handled things publicly uh, over the last, let's just say, year and a half, two years. Besides, we, we could go back if we wanted to even further than that. But I think right now you want to establish, okay, what are the new rules going to be in the NCAA? How are we going to change things? You know, there, there's um, recommendations for changing up like baseball scholarships and also being able to, to, to pay for full rides. And, you know, that's just one thing out of, the, out of the dozens that are on there. But I think that when you look at trying to replace the person, like that's what you have a board for. Now you can go out and now you can look for that person. Mark Emmert will stay in place until – you know, 2023, if that's needed. I don't think it's going to be needed because I think they're going to go out and find somebody a lot sooner than that. But you look at it right now and, and you have to figure out what's more important inside this moment. And I think, personally, changing the way some of the things and the way that the NCAA handles uh, different rules, different aspects of what goes on across the country, I think that is a little bit more important than replacing the guy at the moment because hopefully you can do two things at once, Chad. What's your optimism level that the NCAA understands how to reform itself as part of this and sees the moment? Because it feels like if it doesn't happen now, it'll somehow crumble. Yeah, Paul. I mean, look, doing it right now, and I don't have a lot of confidence in the NCAA, okay, but it is good to know that you have people like Greg Sankey on these committees that are trying to reform some of these rules. So I look at that and I'm thinking, okay, it's good that you've got some smart folks that are trying to get things done. Now, look, are we going to have this, you know, we're going to have changes in the next year, potentially, maybe on a couple things. But I look at it overall as a statue of the, the NCAA and the way they have gone about things recently. I don't feel confident in what they're doing, and I don't think the commissioners of the conferences feel confident in the NCAA. I mean, that's why you've heard so much talk, you know, small talk about, ah, let's break away, let's have mega conferences, whatever. It's because they don't feel like the NCAA is able to, to, to run things in the correct way that they want them to be run. So you look at it right now and you're like, okay, do we trust these guys to handle this situation you know, over the next year, two years? I mean, I wouldn't, looking at their track record, but there's no other, there's no other situation right now that you can handle it with. You can't, you know, you're not going to go out in the next two weeks and just name, okay, he's going to be our next president. We'll come up with rules. We'll change everything immediately. So it's kind of like you got to have faith that they're going to do something, but I think that they have the ear of the commissioners of the Power Five conferences. And if that's the case, then that's a good thing for the NCAA and college athletics moving forward. Trey Wallace with us. You can read his work at outkick.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Trey Wallace underscore. Trey, I want to ask you the, the best, but your favorite SEC player in tomorrow night's first round of the NFL draft. Favorite player projected to be selected. Who would you go with? Are we talking offense or defense? Either, or just, either one. Period. Yeah, period. Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis. 
I love Jordan Davis, a uh, nose tackle out of Georgia. The kid is just, and I know he is, not, you know, he's going to get drafted a little later on than probably a couple other SEC players, but I just loved watching him play this year. The disruption that he caused along the defensive line, uh, the way that they were having to double team him, we saw that all season long. You know, I, I distinctly remember, you know, the Arkansas game and the Kentucky game and even the Tennessee game, how they were having to double team Jordan Davis, and he was still getting after the quarterback and causing problems. I, I just love the way he plays the game. I love how big he is and how much. And, and you know what? He's fast, too. For a guy that size, and I watched him play in person four times this year. For a guy that size, the way he gets off the football, extraordinary talent to me. And, and so I, I like Jordan Davis. I hope that he goes somewhere uh, that a team is not going to mismanage him. Um, he's so good in the trenches. You want to be able uh, to, to have that life expectancy, too, in the NFL go on for years after year. So use him in the right way as well. But I like Jordan Davis. Uh, Georgia stacked this year in the NFL draft, but that's the one player that stands out right now besides Jamison Williams, who, my goodness, you come back from an ACL injury like that and you're already running a 4-4, that tells you about his work ethic and uh, his superhuman uh, strengths to come back. So you've got a lot of whispers going on about you know NIL deals, and, and I know you hear a lot of them, Trey, and people talk about it on social media, but rarely do you have the school or the business or the booster just come out and say, well, here's what it cost. Uh, you had that situation with Miami with Nigel Pack from Kansas State in basketball, said $450,000 for the year uh, was the deal for him to come to Miami. I think we're going to start hearing and, and learning more about that, and people are even going to be more upfront about it, especially since there's really no NCAA right now, since there's no president. Um, but I'm just looking at the recruiting rankings in football right now, Trey. And I'm at, on three, the consensus rankings of all the different services. Notre Dame, number one. USC, number two. Georgia, number three. No big surprises. Tennessee's four. Ohio State's five. If I go down the list, Texas A&M is 6, Arkansas 11. Is it fair to say that Tennessee, Arkansas, A&M may be doing a better job with NIL compared to where their programs have performed over the last five or ten years in respect to some of these other programs that have been right there in the national championship mix in recent years? Yeah, Chad, I think that's kind of when you look at how they're performing and you're looking at the players that they're getting uh, right now. And, and even if you go back and look at the class that was just signed, I would agree with you. You know, if we're talking about pecking order and how they are nationally and how they are within the Southeastern conference as well, I would say, yes, they're, they're definitely outdoing where they stand right now. And, and I think that's huge because you know what, as long as, these rules are in place and the way that they are in place, I think you have to take advantage of it. And, and you look at what A&M did, you know, with the 2022 class. You look at what they're doing with the 2023 class. It's fantastic work by Jimbo. And a lot of that comes from NIL. He can say it doesn't, but we know that's not true. You look at Tennessee. Tennessee's doing a great job when it comes to recruiting. They had another four-star yesterday. They, they, they seem to be lining them up. And that's going to continue over the next four to five months. Josh Hype on his staff, really good job. But it's also the NIL being a part of this thing. It, 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 very, it very much benefits 
these teams to completely fully embrace this and understand that it's going to look bad if you come out here and you act like it's not going on or it's not happening. It's not. I think Tennessee has made themselves into an attractive place, not just because of NIL, but because what they're doing for the future and how they're you know, building the football program again, from the Anderson training facility to Neyland Stadium and whatnot. You know, they're getting better. I think they fell behind a good amount. But you look at some of these other schools as well. And, and even like, so you talked about Miami right there. You know, that's, that's interesting to me because that was the first time, you know, we've all heard the numbers. We, we, we've all talked to each other. We've all heard the numbers that are out there when it comes to certain players. But I think it shocked folks because it was the first time somebody has came out and said, hey, this is what we're paying this kid. This is what we signed him to, to be, you know, a part of our life wallet company. Uh, down in Miami, and it, it's just a, a medical company. Um, and, and I think it, it shocked folks when they saw that $800,000, $400,000 per year plus a car type thing. You should expect to see that. But I will say this. If you go back and watch, I did an interview today uh, with, with Pete Schoenthal. He runs a company called Athlions, and he's he very much into the NIL game. Um, if you go back and listen to that, a lot of this stuff that you're seeing when it comes to deals and whatnot that are being put out there, it's because of the attorneys and the people that are putting them together. They want to be noticed. Like this guy in Miami, he wants to be noticed. So that's why they're putting out these contract details. I think going overall with this thing, Chad, I think it's good for, for certain football teams that are getting back to relevance to have these type of deals that are being put together. You don't have to put them on front street. I think you've seen that from A&M and Tennessee, and I could name others. But I think pecking order-wise, you're starting to see some teams maybe make their way back a little bit quicker than we once thought they would. Trey Wallace, Outkick.com, SEC columnist, and uh, no doubt we'll have some takeaways from the SEC landing spots tomorrow night at the NFL Draft. Trey, thank you as always. We enjoy the work. We'll catch up next week. Thanks. Guys, I can't wait. I appreciate you having me. Watch out for Traylon Burks tomorrow night. I love him. First I love him. By the way, your answer was incorrect. It's N'Kobe Dean or Traylon Burks as your favorite SEC player in this draft. Thank not, you, Not the one you gave. Thank you, Chad, for letting me know what I should think. You're, 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 you're welcome. Hey, I am going to read any and all paint thinner poisoning stories that you come up with. So if you have any more, keep churning them out, Trey. I love it. I'm, I'm trying to get in touch with Barney Fife right now. To Perfect. Absolutely. The uh, the glant the photo of inside the Gatorade cooler is crazy. It looks like doesn't make you thirsty. Uh, you you see it and you're like, yeah, that's paint thinner. Yeah. That's definitely paint thinner. Yeah, it almost looks like uh, like it's, a piece of Saran wrap was on top of the water. Well, the way peeled, it was it's coagulated, peeled the, it's peeled the coloring off the side of the inside yeah. of the Gatorade. Doesn't cooler. make me thirsty. No. Uh, coming up, am I too old to have a poster on my wall? Because Ja Morant gave us one last night. This is Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I don't know if there is a, and I, I genuinely mean this. I don't know if there is a player in pro sports over the last sports calendar year who has improved his stock more than John Morant. 
I'll kick 360 rolls on. And he was every, hurt. If he wasn't hurt. He was hurt, yeah. Every week, though, when he's MVP. playing, he has a highlight moment. And they come in the biggest moments of the Memphis Grizzlies games. Yeah, two last night. And, yeah, an, another one last night in the playoff matchup against the T-Wolves. Uh, fantastic performance. Great finish. Chad alerted me to it late and uh, flipped over and, and saw the final four minutes or so. It was phenomenal. And John Morant's dunk. Um, no, no matter if, if this is a regular season dunk, postseason, like the magnitude of the playoffs helped this moment. But this is like 1996-level poster-worthy of anyone who grew up in the 90s wall in their bedroom. Also, he went so fast up the lane. I mean, it's not it's not like he came out of traffic and exploded. He he just decided he was going, and he ran through the entire defense to the rim. Yeah. I mean, it was just so explosive. So it, it had two degrees, Chad, to me. The explosiveness to get in position to go, and then his ability to get to the rim. It was just breathtaking. It looked like you hit fast forward yes. on it. You had a recording, and then you hit fast forward the moment he caught the ball. And then it was boom. He dunked on someone. And then it was a similar move to the rim for the layup to win the game. To win the game. Well, and, and that, was, that was a terrific game. I watched probably the last six, seven minutes. Um, the three that, uh, that Morant hit to take the lead late with about two minutes left uh, after the scramble situation on offensive rebound, that place was electric. After that three, that was the Grizzlies' first lead since 28-27. to And I think it was 104-103 at that point late in the game. A great atmosphere in Memphis, and John Moran is so different. He's so, it's so hard to compare him to other people because he plays in such a I mean crazy way. He had the behind-the-back pass. The, the shot was blocked on the dunk attempt after it. But, I mean, I don't even know how you pull it off in transition the way he did it the one time. I mentioned the pass last week I saw where he goes left-handed, wrap around, and it's an 80-mile-per-hour fastball to the opposite corner for yeah. a three to a guy. He is so much fun to watch. This is still going to happen. It hasn't happened yet, in my estimation, for two reasons. Um, job being in a smaller market, less, uh, less media market, lesser of a media market, and him having gotten hurt this year, so he wasn't in the MVP conversation, which he would have absolutely been in if he played an entire season. That, but um, he is, this is going to be, and he's not going to be Michael Jordan, but this is going to be a conversation like passing on uh, Jordan was for Portland and taking uh, uh, Bowie that, that the Pelicans took Zion Williamson and passed on John Moran. And, and Zion was such a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, there was the, the Grizzlies, a lot of people the Grizzlies are lucky John that they had the number two pick and they didn't take Zion. They would Because he was a no-brainer. They would take Zion. Well... The Knicks, I mean, the Knicks were the team everybody... The, I was going to get back into the Knicks so, over Zion Williamson yeah, going to the Knicks, well, remember? I mean, imagine... And it would have been a bad pick. Imagine John Morant in New York oh, also. Dear. And Ooh, the eyeballs I'd be all about him. the Knicks. Um, the play, the setup play, the, the design from side out of bounds to Anthony Edwards to tie the game was also crazy. Lost in the shuffle of the winning shot made by John Morant. And it's also... It's, it's hilarious to me that only in Memphis can you get away with your celebration song being Whoop That Trick <laughs> from Terrence Howard in the movie <laughs> Hustle and Flow. That in light of the Me Too movement, that it's okay to play Whoop That Trick and everyone singing in unison, man, woman alike, 
in that building in Memphis. That is so Memphis that it hurts that that is their song when they win the game. And watching everyone sing Whoop That Trick after the win last night, boy, that was, uh, that was something to witness. I know this age considering is the protest. Going yeah. on in Minnesota. I know. Yeah, this. Where's the Where's the animal rights protesters <laughs> well, in, in Memphis? No, they don't travel. They're well. not. Yeah, yeah, they're not. <laughs> I may have just sparked some protests they're in not, Memphis the next not, go around. Well, they're not protesting the uh, the animal rights and the Grizzlies. You know? I know this uh, this ages me uh, terribly. Different, different interest groups but, are now going to get involved but, after I just yeah, revealed that. You yeah. say Anthony Edwards and I go back to ER, but at least he's resurfaced lately. The actor he was in Inventing Anna. Um, oh, that's right. He was. He looked good. Yeah, he's back. He's, he's all the way back. And <laughs> Anthony uh, Edwards is all the other way back. Than, other than Joe Burrow, who would be in the conversation for upping their stock in pro sports over the last sports calendar year? Oh, I think year? that's a perfect Burrow, two. Burrow is the, is the number one overall pick. He's the Zion Williamson of the NFL draft who, who has who panned out. Up. John Morant was, you know, expected from the OVC. To, yeah, he was expected to be good, but he wasn't expected to be I would great. say Shohei Otani if anyone cared about the Angels. If you played yeah. in the East He's Coast. the right answer. No. But uh, fantastic again, job. No one John cares Moran. about the Angels. Coming up, uh, some other medical flags beyond the Evan Neal report that we had earlier in the show. Chad's not going to like this one. We will dive into that. Plus, surprise teams who could draft a quarterback and Brock Heward on the show in 25 minutes. All coming up on Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network.